This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. To have you along. Thank you for joining us. Libby's at home trying to get better. She will be back when she is feeling better. In the meantime, we're wondering about Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's motivation. Is he trying to show up Ontario Premier Doug Ford by introducing legislation to give federally regulated workers additional paid and unpaid time off? If you've been listening to Zoomer Radio News, you've heard the story. The proposal to give federally regulated workers more paid personal leave days, just as the Doug Ford PCs at Queen's Park have taken away two paid sick days for all Ontario workers. Joining us to discuss the proposal and the motivation behind it, Chris Roberts, National Director of the Social and Economic Policy Department of the Canadian Labour Congress. Welcome, Chris. We also uh, have on the line, we're just a little bit of an issue with the phones here, Conservative Labour critic MP John Barlow. He is on the line for sure. Hi, John. Good morning, Jane. Thanks for having me. So what do you think about this? Uh, were, you, were you hearing any inklings about uh, the Prime Minister's governing Liberals introducing uh, this new leave for, for federally regulated workers prior to Doug Ford cancelling the Ontario plan? Uh, no, this was uh, something that, uh, that was, came as quite a surprise. Um, that uh, hasn't been unusual <laughs> over the last few weeks. Uh, it seems like there's been a real scramble to try and get um, a lot of uh, new legislation uh, through before Christmas. Uh, so this was uh, something that um, uh, we didn't, uh, didn't necessarily see coming. So you think, I mean, it's your hunch, and, and I understand it's part of the job of the opposition. You think that this is something that's come out of the Ford Tories' decision to cancel paid sick days? Yeah, I, I can't, uh, you know, speak for for the prime minister or the liberal government, but um, you know, certainly, if if you connect some dots, it's certainly a possibility that um, uh, you know it would be similar to the carbon tax when uh, the provinces um, balked out of the federal carbon tax. He comes through with legislation that's going to impose it on them, whether they like it or not. Uh, so this is sort of uh, goes right with. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau's um, tactics is that if the provinces don't do something he wants them to do, he'll uh, do it and pose it, pose it upon them anyway. Uh, MP John Barlow, the Conservative Labour critic on the line with us, as is Chris Roberts now from the Canadian Labour Congress. Chris, I think we've got you. Yes, hi. Hi. Uh, so what do you think about this decision that uh, the governing Liberals, and certainly this bill will pass, is offering more paid and unpaid time for federally regulated workers? Yeah, so as far as we're concerned, this was uh, well anticipated well in advance. They've been consulting uh, unions as well as employers for over a year on uh, updating the Canada Labour Code labour standards, which really haven't been modernized in 10 years. And uh, this 
you know, expanded leave provisions, improvements to, to those provisions of the code uh, were under discussion for, for months and months. We knew that a package was coming in the fall. So none of this is uh, unexpected. John Barlow, your response to that? How is it that you didn't know that that was going on in the background? Well, we, we can't uh, be privy to everything that uh, the government is doing. Um, but I would say to, to Chris's comment, you know, modernization of the system, um, this is not modernizing. This is going back to a system that was 40 years old. It was outdated. Um, you know, under the previous government, we, we did modernize it. We brought uh, forward uh, provisions that met the needs of the workforce and the employees and the employers. Um, the changes in this uh, go back, and it, it will be uh, difficult for uh, some new employer to some new employees. Um, I don't know if this uh, this will will address uh, a lot of the needs that they are saying um, it will address. John, what do you mean it's going back? Isn't the whole idea around this is that the provisions are more progressive? Well, the, the previous system um, didn't have it, provisions to uh, address some of these these issues, so um, we wanted to make it uh, more equitable. Um, we want to ensure that younger, newer employers uh, who had uh, opportunities to meet uh, short-term uh, needs in, in the workplace. Um, this kind of goes back to what was there uh, 40 years ago in terms of uh, you know leaving out some of those younger, uh, newer employees that, that may not have those opportunities. Um, and, and also, it's you know we, our whole idea was to reduce red tape, reduce uh, uh, obstacles for uh, for businesses and employers. Um, this is a, adding that back on. Um, and I think that's uh, when you have um, an economy that is uh, in, in rocky shape right now that uh, we've certainly heard from the Parliamentary Budget Officer and uh, Finance Canada that there are um, recessions in the future, a recession coming in the future, that we want to ensure that uh, private sector businesses have every opportunity to be to be mobile, um, to be nimble. And every time you're adding on these new costs and, and new um, red tape, it, it causes them some problems. Well, Chris Roberts, presumably, and uh, you wonder if this is a stepping stone with the federally regulated workers, if that goes well, it w- it's a policy that presumably would be granted to all workers across the country. Is that the idea? Well, it's up to the provinces to decide whether or not in their jurisdiction that they follow suit. The fact of the matter is, though, that in 2006, uh, uh, law professor uh, Harry Arthurs delivered a, a comprehensive report on federal labor standards called Fairness at Work and uh, made a whole raft of recommendations for modernizing and updating labor standards, you know, for the era in which we work with smartphones and people work in gig employment and, uh, you know, uh, atypical forms of employment and the like. Nothing happened with those recommendations. This report sat on the shelf for 10 years. And it's only now that we have many of these recommendations from the Arthur's Commission taken right out of the report and applied in legislation. So in terms of going back, I mean, we're just simply uh, now uh, bringing into into law what was recommended uh, more than 10 years ago. And if, if you know, if, if there's a, if there's you know, an expression of going back that's occurring anywhere in the country. It's really what's happening in Ontario right now. You've got a government that's 
rolling back changes that were legislated in Bill 148. And those same changes in 148 are now being added to the Canada Labour Code. So we're, we're just catching up to where Ontario was before those uh, rules were rolled back. And I think we'll see other provinces as well moving ahead. The, the federal government's not out of sync with uh, what's, what's happening uh, to improve labor standards, bring them into the 21st century in, in other provinces. Chris, help us understand the difference between what is the legislation now, what rights workers have now, and what is being proposed by the Trudeau Liberals. Yeah, sure. Okay, so uh, I'll give you a perfect example. In the Canada Labor Code, which was, you know, established in the 1960s and 70s, there were all sorts of um, eligibility requirements for access to leave. So uh, sick leave, uh, bereavement leave, maternity and parental leave. Employees had to work for a certain length of time before they got access to these leaves. And the idea was that um, you know, employers would need to see that workers had a commitment to the job, they had a commitment to the employer before they would gain access to these leave requirements. These changes in Bill C-86 uh, propose to reduce or eliminate those eligibility requirements. Now, why are they doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, it's in recognition of the fact that uh, today, the issue isn't employers waiting to see if employees have a commitment to the workplace and to the, to the employer. It's, it's in recognition of the fact that employers don't expect to employ workers for long stretches of time. We're not expecting employers to keep workers on for a whole working lifetime and, and spend their entire career at a single employer. So it's in recognition of the fact that people are going to be changing jobs more often and that and that we can't expect people to wait, you know, three months, six months uh, to gain access to really important leaves to, to help them juggle their, their lives. Another example is personal leave. So uh, this, this legislation will give employees the ability to take up to five days of personal leave to juggle, you know, uh, health and care needs in their family, education, you know, school kids, uh, the kids can't go to school for whatever reason. It just helps them kind of manage work-life challenges. They're basic kind of uh, improvements that didn't exist in the in the act and and are are catching up with with the reality of workers' lives. Let's get back to conservative labor critic MP John Barlow. I'm curious to know, John, what the opposition feels about the rights of Canadian employees and and what you and your colleagues think that they should be entitled to. Well, I don't think there's any question that uh, you know we support the employees. We want to ensure that they have uh, every opportunity to um, you know. If, if there is a problem in the family or uh, a health concern or, uh, you know, we're, we're debating um, Motion 110 right now to increase benefits for uh, families who have a uh, uh, death of an infant. And one of my colleagues uh, from Calgary just recently went through that. So we certainly understand that um, there are extenuating circumstances uh, where um, there should be opportunities for employees to uh, be able to access additional benefits and, and leave. Um, that being said, um, this is you know an 850-page omnibus bill that this is kind of snuck into. Um, you know we're going to have to take a look at it and, and dissect it as best we can uh, to ensure that um, the proposals that are in this legislation are um, fair and equitable. Um, but certainly, um, this does have an impact on you know this this is 
the public uh, sector and uh, federally regulated um, industries. That, so this does have an impact on the taxpayer. We want to see uh, what the costs are um, of of this of these changes. But absolutely, we want to ensure that um, you know that there are fair and equitable. Uh, treatment of, of all employees, whether you're in the public sector or the private sector. I want to go to the phones here. Our Zoomer radio listeners want to get in on this conversation as well. How much time should Canadian employees, and we're speaking specifically to federally regulated industries, how much paid and unpaid time off should they get? Let's go to Paul in Woodstock. Hi, Paul. You're on Zoomer radio. Well, thank you very much for taking my call today. This has always been somewhat of a contentious issue with me because I'm a federally regulated employee. I live in the province of Ontario. I pay taxes in the province of Ontario, but yet in my workplace I'm governed by federal regulations. I worked for a transportation company for over 30 years, and when they decided to close the doors, well, I got, I think it was two days pay for every year of service, where if I would have been under provincial laws, regulations, they would have been substantially more. And like I say, in the transportation industry, if I'm not mistaken, you have to work 60 hours if you're, if you're an hourly rated employee before you get overtime. Why weren't things like this addressed? I, th- I think it's a beginning, but I think things should be brought up to par. Okay. I'd like to get your views on that. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for calling in. Safe travels there. Chris Roberts, I'll bring you in on that if you could provide some answers. I totally agree. This is a great example of just how badly the federal labor standards have fallen into uh, uh, neglect. Uh, I mean, rules like that are just so outdated. You know, one good thing about this package of changes is that they improve the individual termination rights. So it's going to a a graduated termination process. If if you've worked three months on your job and and you're laid off, uh, you're entitled to two weeks notice or two weeks pay in lieu of notice and that that increases by each year of employment after that so it's just basically modernizing in in, in basic fairness uh, to employees I agree about the overtime rules we do now have a a limited right to refuse overtime in the federal sector if if an employee has uh, family obligations that make it impossible for them to work overtime that the employer is demanding they can say look I can't I can't work the overtime and and the employer has to uh, live with that and and not uh, retaliate against the employee. So again, it's just it's just basic fairness of bringing it into step with 21st century norms. And uh, I agree, uh, it, it doesn't go far enough. We we want to see uh, further improvements. Well, certainly people are, and the younger generation maybe could be lumped into this generalization that people are moving around from company to company much more so than they used to. It's seldom that people end up being at the same company for 25 and 30 years. However, I'm going to add to that that companies like the one I work for, Zoomer Media, and all of us here uh, on the Fightback team and at Zoomer Radio, the the rules around our employment are quite progressive, and they are more progressive than than provincial and federally uh, federal regulations. 
and yet, and we have a lot of people here who are staying for years and years. I'm coming up on 10 years here. There are many people who have been here in excess of 10, 15, 20 years uh, working with Moses Nimer. What about that idea? And I'll put this to the conservative labor critic. What about that employee loyalty to companies that treat you well and treat you fairly? Yeah, and, and I appreciate uh, you know Chris's comment that uh, you know people aren't this is the reason for this legislation is that uh, employers aren't expecting employees to be with them as long you know I would question that uh, I was prior to getting into politics I was with a company for almost 20 years um, they treated uh, we had very little uh, staff turnover because they treated us very well um, you know it was it wasn't a, a, a huge company um, but I think it's a lot of that comes down to how um, that business owner is treating their employers. And when we see, and I'm sure Chris would agree with me on this, we see um, you know, a really significant labor crunch across Canada in just about every sector you could imagine, um, the onus is on, on the employer to ensure that they have policies and, um, in place that, that retain those employees because they can't afford uh, to be trying to replace these people all of the time. Uh, one of their biggest, as a, as a business owner, uh, one of their biggest challenges and expenses is retraining, trying to retrain and mm-hmm. rehire and go through that constant turnover uh, of employees. So private sector businesses are, are working very hard to ensure that they um, have policies in place that uh, attract good employees and retain those good employees. And they are doing that um, without having... Um, you know, the imposition of, of federal legislation. Uh, and this, this Bill C-62 has, you know, a pay equity commissioner, a compliance and enforcement uh, officer, like, you know, all of these new um, bureaucracies and red, and red tape that uh, these businesses are going to, to have to navigate, as will the employees. Um, so I, I would agree with you that, uh, you know, there is onus on the private sector to ensure that they, they have their own progressive policies in place to ensure that they retain good employees. Okay, we need to switch topics, but I just have one final cre- question. I'll put it to Chris Roberts at the Canadian Labour Congress. What about offering employee employers incentives for uh, progressive uh, workplace policies? Well, I think uh, good legislation does exactly that. It, it, it encourages and celebrates good employers, and there are many in the federal sector, big employers in particular, that do uh, seek to retain and attract uh, talent and to uh, uh, provide the kind of uh, workplaces that make them want to stay, the kind of benefits, etc. And and uh, those employers, you know, don't have really any interference or, or, or any grief from the government in that regard. The, the issue here is uh, what's happening at the other end. It's the employers uh, who, for whatever reason, are, are not treating employees in a, in a, in a, according to a basic minimum standard that employees would expect to be treated. And uh, for those em- employers, there does need to be improvements in the floor. And it's just undeniable that workers uh, in, in many industries and areas are being treated much more as a disposable input to the production process. And labor standards federally and across the country need to be modernized to limit the the kind of uh, that kind of attitude toward workers and i think that's what we're seeing now nothing uh, to say nothing against uh, leading employers who are are really setting a high standard for for the way that they treat their employees i thank you both for your time thank you very much jane thanks, thanks. for having me
conservative labor critic MP John Barlow and Chris Roberts, national director of the Social and Economic Policy Department of the Canadian Labor Congress. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.